I want to talk to you that actually I, I preached this message a couple years ago. And let, I wanted to preach something else, but the Holy Spirit said, I want you to preach this today. So if this is your first day or you're visiting, this might just be for you because uh, really the Lord interrupted my plan, <laughs> which was not that hot. <laughs> and and uh, this might be for you. So uh, I'm going to read the scripture, if you can read it, read it with me. Mark 4, it's a little story, 35 to 41, it's the Passion Translation. This is what it says. Later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. After they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from the shore with him as he had been teaching from the boat. And there were other boats that sailed with them. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose. With violent winds and waves and they were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern resting on a cushion. So they shook him awake saying, teacher, don't you even care if we're all about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm, shouted to the sea, hush, calm down. All at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? But they were overwhelmed with fear and awe and said to one another, Who is this man who has such authority that even the wind and the waves obey him? Come on, let's pray for a moment. Father, in Jesus' name, let your word uh, so saturate our lives that uh, it becomes the response in every unexpected situation. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. You know, uh, it's not just storms. Uh, how many know if, you, if you're not in a storm, you, you might be coming up on one right now? You know, Louisiana's like that. They can like, this is beautiful weather. A day later, it's like... <laughs> Like we, at Louisiana people get this message because we know what it is to have an unexpected storm. And, uh, and it's those storms that we didn't expect. Those are the ones that take us back. But they also are the storms that uh, kind of identify who we really are. Like if you're expecting something, you can go ahead and put on your spiritual whatever. But when something comes up unexpected, we're going to find out what's real in your life, Right? Like, you know, when a, when a sickness comes up and suddenly you're not sounding quite as Christian as you were when you were completely well, right? Or when a financial crisis comes up, as long as you were making plenty of money, it was all, always good to just praise God. And suddenly something comes up and the money's not there and it's a storm and you owe some money and it's terrible. And you, uh, we're about to find out what you really believe. Because these things that come up suddenly and everybody has them, they... They uh, have a way of testing what's real. You know, we all want to say, I believe the word of God, you know. I believe what God says. And I, I think those are great confessions. But storms test that. And that's what happened with these guys. And Jesus is, we're raising these guys up. And you can tell in the story, he was expecting a different response. Now think about that for a second. These are sailors who understood about the, the sea and you know, how to handle a boat in trouble, and they're panicking. And uh, it's hard to blame them for not doing something different. And Jesus, his only thing, he rebuked them and said, what's up? 
you guys don't know how to trust yet? And it was like, hello, did you see the waves were about to kill us? It seems like we make excuses for ourselves sometimes because we think that God understands that we're just weak and that uh, this and that. You don't sometimes understand what God expects from you is expects from you to start acting different. You know, the first storm, okay, you freaked out. But sometimes you're in your fourth storm and you're still acting like a baby. Come on, somebody. You should have learned after that other one that, that you went through that God's got you and you're going to be okay and that you're going to end up okay on this deal. But instead, you, am I right? Instead, it's easy to go through the same baby act again. Like start, I love these guys. I don't actually love it, but it's so real when they're like, don't you even care? This is the perfect Christian attitude, not. You know, I mean, this is like, this is like, like people who think they're really big time Christians, but when something happens, they start whining like babies. And, then, and, and they're, they're subtly, they're not coming out and saying it, but they're kind of blaming Jesus. Don't you even care? He don't even care. How many have ever heard the enemy whisper to you in trouble, he don't care about you, that was just church. You don't care about what happens to you. Look, it's a whisper. I don't know if it came from the devil, but in our nature, we like to blame other folks for where we are. And mostly people like to blame God. Well, God shouldn't have let this happen. I wouldn't be going. People don't come out and say it. But when bad things happen, they're mad at God. And it kind of slips out in their bad attitude. Like, don't you even care? Have you ever felt like Jesus was sleeping on your deal? Like your deal, and you've tried to stay in faith, you know, like the waves are coming up, the winds are like, Jesus is going to wake up in a minute. Like, he's still not awake. I mean, what am I going to have to do? You ever been in that situation? Like, you know, you got to have that thing paid by Friday, and you're like, Jesus got to show up by Friday. It's Thursday afternoon, and you're like, God's not showing up. Friday morning rolls around, and you're like, what's the deal? And so they finally just go wake him up. And I, look, I have no idea how Jesus was sleeping. How about you? If the whole place is cracking to pieces and the boat is all but swamped, what is, how is Jesus? You get what I'm trying to say? Sometimes your life is going so crazy. You're like, Jesus, how are you missing this? How can you be? I mean, seriously, you can't be missing it. There is no way you are sleeping in the boat. I mean, you would be aggravated too. Have you ever been aggravated when, like, you're trying to talk to somebody and they, they're, they're playing with their phone or something? And it's a bad day, and you're trying to say something important, and they're just like in another world, and you're like, hey. You know, you get angry when the people you expect to get on it are not getting on it. And many times we're expecting God to get on it, and God's saying, no, you get on it. I'm just, I, you know, I know it, the Bible doesn't say this, but I'm reading into it and saying Jesus was fake sleeping. Because there's no way with water pouring over you, come on, somebody. You know you laid on the couch and the grass is high and, and you're supposed to mow the grass and your son comes in and your, your wife says, look, dad's resting. Why don't you cut the grass? You start fake sleeping in like, <laughs> yeah, I am so tired. I can't hear anything. I'm completely out. <laughs> you're hoping that son says, sure, mom. That may not happen, but. Well, you're going to stay asleep until you find out. It's, it's like those people with new babies, right? And the baby starts crying in the middle of the night. Your husband's fake sleeping like, oh, I'm, I'm out. <laughs> until, am I right about it? I'm not trying to cause marriage problems, but just wave at me if I'm telling the truth. Oh, he's asleep. He can't wake up. Oh, mama's the only one who can wake up tonight. 
<laughs> he's fake sleeping. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I don't know, it's not in the Bible, but you have to believe sometimes God's just trying to, he's fake sleeping trying to figure out what you're going to do. Because he had taught them, he had showed them exactly how to react to a crisis, and now he's saying, it's on you. So next time you go through something and you're tempted to blame God for not doing something, remember, he's watching to see if you're finally going to get this. How many more times do you have to take the same test? Maybe you could pass this time. Maybe you don't cuss this time, you know. Maybe you don't pitch a fit like a baby. I ain't even going to church. This is going to be the way it is. Maybe you could just grow up a little bit and say, you know what? I was taught that when you face something that's impossible, even if it doesn't seem like God is with you, God is still with you, and he's going to help you get to the other side. Maybe you ought to preach to yourself and just tell you something that's so obvious. If Jesus is in the boat, you are not going down. It seems obvious to the average disciple, but none of them stopped and got their happy thought. Like, hold up, hold up. Ain't no way Jesus is going down. Just relax. Let go of the ropes. Let's see what happens. I mean, but in those moments, you can't think. And that's the enemy's plan. He wants to keep you from accessing what you know. He wants to keep you from, he wants you to go through another pitch of fit and justify your bad behavior situation. He wants you to take on the victim mentality again so that you can justify being a nerd for Jesus. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Look, if you're looking for a reason to pitch a fit, the world's about to give you one. If you're looking for a reason to feel sorry for yourself, life's about to give you one and Jesus is not doing anything about it. Because he is not expecting you to feel sorry for yourself again. He's expecting you to rise up and say, not this time. The last couple times I was like that. But this time I'm going to rise up and remember that God, who the same God who brought me through that problem and the same God who brought me through that problem, he's going to get me to the other side of this thing. I heard someone say this week that had been through some difficult times before and they were getting ready to pass through a difficult time. They're like, you know what? I'm going to skip all the drama this time because last time I worried myself sick. I couldn't sleep. I was upset and nervous. And you know what? It didn't change a thing about what happened at the end. So this time I'm going to skip all the worrying. This time I'm going to skip all the stress because it doesn't change the outcome. I'm just going to stand in my faith and say, you know what? I'm uh, I'm just going to expect God to do something. I'm going to listen to what God is saying. So this story, even though on its face it's just a great story, but under the surface we find out it's speaking to you because this is where Christians live who gave their tithe and suddenly you can't pay your bills. And you're like, what is the deal? Am I doing something wrong? And you're fighting between feeling guilty and, and feeling angry at God. And you kind of get tied up in that thing. And listen, I, I love that commercial that says, sometimes doing nothing is the exact thing to do. Sometimes just chill and just hold on. I'm talking to somebody today. You don't have to do something. You don't have to catch an attitude. You just have to be still and know that he is God. Don't you just love this picture? Jesus is sleeping in the life-threatening storm he's sleeping. He's saying, look, this is your, this is your place. Rather than hysterical, you know, screaming like a chicken with your head cut off. How about just look at me? Did you, do I look worried? Let me just help you. God is not worried about your situation. It didn't take, it might have took you by surprise, but this storm didn't take God by surprise. 
he already knew what's happened. This is not a, a, a it's not going to bring you down, but it's going to test us. It's going to let us all know who you really are and what you really believe. And to really be genuine, you have to face these tests. I love someone said one time, in, in, in Jesus, you never fail a test. You just keep taking it till you pass. Come on, somebody. You don't, you just keep taking the same old test, different people. You know, this time, are you going to be bitter again this time? Are you going to pop off at the mouth again this time? Are you going to make an excuse for yourself at this time? Or at this time, are you going to stand up strong and be who God called you to be? See, God is not making dependence. God is making descendants. God wants you to be like him. He's not wanting you to be dependent on him. He's wanting you to rise up and be somebody. And so he can't always do something like Mardi Gras, throw me something, mister. Uh, that's a different church. You've got to go to a different church because this church, I believe that God is making you great. If God believes that you're great, then God has to let you face some resistance. And when you face resistance, you're going to find out God is who he said he was. You're going to stand your ground and you're going to get where you're going. Waiting for God to do something many times is God waiting for you to be still and he's going to tell you what to do. I have to believe that Jesus wanted them to rise up and rebuke the wind. From what he said, I have to believe that Jesus was like, come on, man. If you'd have been still and listened, I'd have already told you what to do. But instead, you just went to your normal mode of being angry and making excuses and blaming God. I don't even know if the whole thing's real. Okay, come on. How many times are you going through that? Before you realize it's not God who's not real. It might be you who's not real. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. But it's God. We already know God's real. We want to find out if you're genuine and if you're authentic. And that's what these tests are for. And not to make us look bad, but to form us into who we really are. Now, I'm going to give you, because I, I want you to access this. I'm going to give you three ways here of, I'm going to teach you how to rebuke the storms with his word, right? Because that's the lesson, isn't it? That he took his word and rebuked this thing. He didn't ignore it. He stood up and said, he stood up and spoke to it. So I want you to learn today before you leave, don't think you have no alternative in a bad situation. You rise up and speak. You speak God's word and you're going to find out how powerful that word is. Number one, speak to the storm inside you, which is like find your happy thought. Speak to the storm inside you. Romans 8, 28, here's a happy thought. And we know that all things work together for good for those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. There's a thought. So you know what? If we go down, God's going to help us breathe underwater. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it is, but I don't have to know why or what. All I know is this. It's all working for me. I love God. I'm called according to his purpose. You can't, I'm bulletproof, man. You, I'm not going to run to the enemy's camp. I already know that whatever happened is working for me. Look at somebody say, whatever happened is working for me. God is forming you with that thing. He's working in you with whatever it is that you're facing. And so you got to have this thought in your mind. Get, begin to speak to the storm inside of you. You will never be able to calm the storm around you until you change the storm inside you. You're just going to make it worse. Have you ever just made it worse? You're trying to calm one of your kids down and they're screaming more. The more you scream, the more they scream. You're like, oh, calm down. They're like, no, calm down. And then they're thinking, like, why don't you calm down, mom? <laughs> Sometimes our own voice is making it worse. Our own fear that we're operating in is making it worse. 
Romans 8.31, a couple verses later. What then shall we say in response to these things? Come on, say it with me. If God is for us, who can be against us? Look at somebody like a preacher, shake your head and say, if God is for us, who can be against us? Look, this is, a long, this is the game. You can't lose at this game. God is with you. I don't care what happens. You're coming out on top. Don't panic. Don't be afraid. You're getting to the other side. You're not going down. God is not against you. God is for you. God is against the devil, but he's for you. Right? And some people have that combo. I deserve this storm. I deserve it. After all I've done, hope this storm teaches me a lesson. I'm probably going to die. I deserve it. Hold up, man. You don't even know the gospel yet. Jesus took what you deserved so that you could have what Jesus deserved. I know it doesn't make any sense, but God is finding a way to get a blessing to your life even when you don't deserve it. Because in God's eyes, you are in Christ. So you got to get rid of that I deserve this storm thing and I need this storm in my life. Some religious concept like, you know what, it's just, you know, the Lord's putting this storm on me. God didn't put the storm on you. God's just going to see how you react to the storm. God didn't rebuke himself. That was a storm that came up. Maybe it was just a storm. Maybe it was the enemy. We don't even, it doesn't even, we don't even know. But we know this. God didn't create the storm, but God is using the storm. Religious people like, God brings these storms into my life. You're just so dumb. I hate to say it. God's not bringing these storms into your life. God is bringing you the answer to the storm. God's about to teach you how to rise up against that storm and say, uh-uh, not this time, not going there, not, not be a weenie this time. This time I'm going to stand up and do what Jesus said, and I'm going to grow up to be who I am. Oh, y'all not shouting. Y'all should be shouting now. <laughs> to calm the storm around you, you must calm the storm inside of you. Take your thoughts captive. Some of you don't even think you can do it. Like, I can't, I can't. I start thinking, I can't even talk. I just get panicked. You can. Read it with me. 2 Corinthians 10, 5. Casting down imaginations. In other words, stop imagining the worst thing that can happen. Stop it. Cast it down. And every high thing, oh, you know what could happen? And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that says that God's not faithful, that's a lie. And something, if you're in your mind, you start thinking that God's word is not true, God's not going to show up for you, all that stuff that says it exalts itself. The Bible says you don't have to exalt it, it just jumps up. Like pride, lust, fear, you don't have to ask for them, they just jump up on you. And you have to bring them down. And because, it, look, I, look I, I get afraid sometimes, and I get upset, and I get mad sometimes. Those things exalt themselves, but you got to bring them into captivity. Look at somebody say, bring them into captivity. you got to understand you are smarter, bigger, and stronger. What's inside of you is stronger than those thoughts that are tormenting you. And you got to understand you got the authority over those thoughts. you got to take them captive. Look, to, the, to every thought to the obedience of Christ. you got to just lead them away captive. Like, uh-uh, we ain't thinking that we're going down. We're not thinking we're going broke. We're not thinking it's over. We're not thinking that this is a bad moment. This is actually a good moment. you got to take all those thoughts and lead them captive, right? Number two, use your words to contradict your fears. Now, we were talking about calming the storm inside of you because I can promise you about 80% of the storms that you're facing is the ones inside of you. 
If you could control the storm, the atmosphere inside of you, God could control the atmosphere around you. You're going to begin to speak different, act different, react different if you could just stop all that from going on inside of you. You know, maybe we're not in love anymore. Oh, come on, man. Seriously? Stop thinking that. Stop, take that captive and understand if you can come into peace here, you're going to be like a uh, dispenser of peace. Those winds and waves inside of you. I love this. James 3, 3 through 4. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn the whole body, the whole horse. Look at the ships. Although they are large and driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder whenever the pilot uh, desires. He's saying, uh, the Bible says, look, you, you know what? If I can get you to begin to speak the right thing, we're going to turn this thing around. Don't say it's bad, it's terrible, it's not going to work out, I can't believe we're going through this, why us? Don't do all that. Grab the thing and say, let's go this way. Sometimes you just got to hit that rudder and go against this storm and say, you know what? I'm not going into despair, I'm going into faith. And you have to, something inside of you has to rise up. Jesus didn't pray about the storm, he spoke to the storm. It's important that you speak. Now, I've been married 42 wonderful years. Yes. And she's beautiful. I think she's just perfect. I really, she's everything that anybody would ever want from a wife. It's the truth. I'm almost embarrassed to say how awesome she is because she really is. But every now and then we get in an argument, if you can believe it. Generally speaking, I'm right. I'm teasing. That's not true. But we get in this argument and I feel, I feel the storm. Have you ever felt the storm rising? Like you hit a wrong time to tell me, clip your fingernails. <laughs> you could have said that yesterday and we'd be all right. But right now, I don't need to hear about the, I left the hose out and I need to put the hose up. I don't need to. Right now, I'm just not taking it. And you can feel when the wind starts blowing. Am I right about it? And you're like, you can feel your wife, that tempest is about to go off in your wife because she got you those fire eyes on you. <laughs> she gave you that, that, that nasty look that, you know. <laughs> Like she put those laser beams on you like, uh-uh, not today, big boy. <laughs> and then you, and you're like, I'm not about to take it. And then, then you kind of respond, and now the storm is getting worse. Like you thought you'd say, hush up, woman, submit to me. <laughs> How'd that work? How'd that work for you? It's never worked in the history of mankind. <laughs> and even worse when they're a Christian, like, don't use the Bible against me because I got scriptures. <laughs> And so, you know, it, it's escalating now. And the Bible says a soft answer turns around wrath. This is like a, a marriage seminar in just one phrase. When, it's, when I feel it going, I realize I better take this thought captive and stop thinking about I'm right and I've got to win this argument. i got to stop. If I need to say something, I need to say it super soft. So the louder I feel it's getting, I always start with something simple. I always say, even if I don't feel it, and I don't. I always say, sweetie, I love you. Everything in me is saying, you're a liar, you're a liar, you're a liar. Everything in me is saying, you know what? So then when, it, when I hear those voices saying, you're lying, I always say it again. Like, let me just say, well, I just love you. I always want, and I keep talking softer, and suddenly I feel the ship turning. And I'm like, wait, heck, I do love her. Wait a second. Why am I having a, pitching a fit over nothing here? We're about to have a screaming turn over the table, punch through the wall fit. 
and there's really nothing here. She's just trying to get me to under, and, and what happened here? And suddenly when I say, honey, I love you, and then I'll say something like, I understand that you're just trying to, to you know, communicate to me how you feel. Now, every time I'm saying that, I'm hearing myself that, you know, that's a lie. She's just trying to aggravate you. <laughs> and so I have to say it again, like, you know, I know that you're just trying to communicate. You're just being honest. You're just trying to get stuff done around here. You're, about the third time I start speaking to that storm, whew, the storm goes down in me. And I say, sweetie, you know, why don't, why don't you just come give me a hug? Let's just, let's just hug. I'll, I'll just do it. I don't care. And, and, and when we handle our relationships by understanding you got to speak to this storm inside of you, you got to use your words to contradict your fear or your anger. If you'll do that, suddenly you'll find that that storm does not control you. You control the storm. I mean, let it sink in. That storm doesn't control you. Well, my wife's got a problem. Well, you don't have to have a problem, do you? Well, the people at work, okay, they got a problem. Does that mean you got to come home holler at everybody? No. Because that, that, that situation, whatever it is, how stressful it is, it doesn't have the power to control you. You have to give it the power to control you. You got to jump in there and be a part of it. And you can say, yeah, I love you. You heard me say it before. The Pharisees throw down the woman caught in adultery, and Jesus, they said, What should Moses said we should stone her? What do you say? And Jesus went like, and He started drawing on the ground. What was he saying? Your problem is not my problem. And I'm not going to react, I'm going to respond whenever God tells me what to say. And they're like, Why are you drawing on the ground? Because I want to say something I shouldn't say. Come on, somebody. He's like, I'm just going to draw on the ground here until I get control and listen to what God. And then he said, okay, whichever one of you has not sinned, you throw the first stone. And he walked away, didn't. Look, and then started drawing on the ground again. Look, he's a, he was a genius at controlling a storm. Pharisees are all about the storm. They're all about making everything panicky and trying to get you to jump and do something when you should just say, you know, be still and listen to what God is saying. That's my final point. Are you still with me? I could preach all of this all day because it's so true. Write this down. Overpower the overwhelming with the power of his word. God wants you to overpower the overwhelming. Say it with me. Say, I have the power to overpower the overwhelming. God calls you to speak to those storms in your life. Don't become a part of them. Speak to them. Lastly, number three, calmly wait for the creative solution. You've got to say, you know what? The answer, who would have dreamed that the answer to this crisis was being somebody got to stand up and speak? Only the Holy Spirit had that creative solution. But the guys that were panicking never even thought of it. It never occurred to the guys that were in the deal, the guys that were panicking, it never occurred to them that they could do something creative. Listen, when you're bitter, when you're angry, when you're blaming, when you're scared, when you're upset, when you're emotional, listen, you cannot be creative. It shuts down your, you can't think of what to do. Everything, God's Holy Spirit creativity that has the answer will not activate until you calm down 
and be still and listen to God. God has an answer. You say it's a financial crisis. God's got an answer. Why don't you just be still and stop panicking and start letting creativity flow? Well, I'm not going to do it. Easy. God's got an answer you didn't even think about, but you can't stop thinking about the problem long enough for God to give you the solution. It's a still, small voice. And if you get into all that, you're, not got, you're suffering because you're yielding your ability to be creative. God has an answer, but it's not coming to you because you just shut all that down. You're mad at everybody. You're upset. You're nervous. You're upset with God. But God's trying to tell you what to do, and it could be something, you know, kooky sounding. It could be something completely opposite, like standing up and speaking to a storm. God is wanting you to listen so he can say, I know it don't sound right. Do this. You know that person you've been mad at? Send them a present. Send them a present? I'd rather send them a gun. <laughs> that person's been aggravating you? Why don't you do this? Just take them out to dinner. Send them a car. Look, I'm not telling you you should, should do these things because they only work. When, when you're still enough and God tells you, but you got to be willing to have that awkward, like, I'm doing nothing, I'm just listening to God. Ah, I'm writing on the ground. Ah, I'm calming the storm inside of me. I'm going to be like Jesus laying on the cushion. I'm just going to let it all blow. I'm going to lay on the cushion because on the cushion is where the answer is coming, coming to me. And it might, it's going to be something creative. So I got to, you know, you have this logical side of your mind and this creative side. My dad, he had a stroke. He couldn't speak, but he could sing songs. You could, I wanted to hear my dad's voice. I'd just start singing Amazing Grace. He'd be, sing grace, how sweet. He couldn't speak, but I could sing Amazing Grace. I could sing every song from the Methodist hymnal. He would sing with me because he had damaged the side of his brain that was logical, that was, the speech was in, this, this analytical side. And he had, he had switched over to the creative side. You can't do both at the same. You can't be creative and analytical. You got to get out of that analytical thing and you got to get, stop blaming or being upset. You got to jump into the creative side. Like God has a creative answer if you'll stop whining. If you'll stop blaming. If you'll stop being angry. If you'll stop being upset, then God has the answer and it's easier than you think. Just stand up and speak. Speak to the storm. Have you ever lost your keys or your wallet? Is it true? Or your phone? Do you go into a panic? You're looking at it. You can't even see it. It's right there. You don't even see it. Like you're looking on, you're looking on the couch, just throwing stuff. You're, you don't even see the phone. It was right there. Diane said, I think it's in that drawer. How many of you have one of those drawers that's got everything in it? Like everything you lost is in that drawer. So she look in the drawer. I look at the drawer and I'm like, or even worse, she'll say, look at my purse. It's in the side pouch. Have you seen that purse? I look at her like, what made you think? I could actually look into your purse and find anything because there's no way I can even find it. She's got a keychain that looks like this. I still can't find her keys. Oh, it's right there in my purse. I'm like, I went blind. I get, are y'all with me? I panic, you know, when she says look in her purse. I panic. I, I can't see. I go blind. I can't, I can't find anything because I'm sure I can't find it. I'm already mad. Come on, somebody. I'm already mad. I can't find it. And how dare her tell me look in her purse? And it's right there, but I can't see it. That's my point. When you're like you have been, you can't see what's right in front of you. You're so panicked, you're going to lose your phone. 
Someone stole it, and you know who stole it, and suddenly it's right there between your seats, and all you had to do was stay calm. You know, the people that stay calm, they find their keys. They find their phone. They find what they're looking for, and you find the answer when you come into peace. Are you with me? It's true. God wants to give you, and I'm going to pray for you now. God wants to give you a creative way out of your crisis. But you have to come into rest. You have to purge your heart of all bitterness, anger, rage, blame. And you have to say, this is about me and God. It's not about the situation. It's about God telling me what to say. It's not about me controlling other people or getting them to change. It's about listening and finding the right thing. And when I do, I'm going to speak to that storm. Are you, how many believe that? Come on, stand up with me. We're going to pray. Come on, today before we go, just lift your hands to Jesus. What we're going to do by lifting our hands, we're going to be letting go. This is like the sign of surrender. You know when a policeman said, put your hands up, you surrender. So I want you to, instead of trying to change other people and your situation, I want you to surrender the attitude that you need to control it and that you need to make it happen. And right now, just, just, right now, just let it go. Let's just be in front of the cross right now. And we're going to let all that blame and all that anger and all that fear and all that worry, we're going to just let it go right now. Just say it right now. Look, you don't need all that. To have a good life, you don't need to be mad at people. You don't need to be upset with people. You don't need to blame anybody. God's just looking for a response. And you're going to have that response of peace. You know, look, you can say what you need to say without being angry. You can say what you say without, while being bitter and talking about it all the time. So right now, with your hands lifted, you're going to say it with me. Say, Lord, take the anger. Say it out loud. Say, Lord, take the anger. Take the fear. Lord, I repent for being upset with you and other people because of what I'm facing. I repent of that. That leaves my emotions right now. I repent of bitterness, blame, unforgiveness, and I declare that this storm is between you and me, and I'm listening for the answer. Right now, with your hands lifted, say, I renounce fear, and I declare to fear, fear, insecurity, you will not run my life. You will not control my emotions. I speak to fear in the name of Jesus and say, get out of my life right now. I evict you out of my life right now. You will not control my emotions. You will not control my decisions. You will not control my life. Get out right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. Now with your hands lifted, say, I receive the peace of God. <laughs> I receive the peace of God. The peace that passes understanding. Peace is not always passive. It just has the right answer. Come on. I receive the peace of God. Just say it out loud. I receive the peace of God. All I have to do is obey God. I don't have to change anybody. I don't have to change anything. 
I just have to walk in the peace of God. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Now just say, I receive Jesus' peace. Jesus' peace. Come on, Jesus' peace. You're getting to the other side. Jesus' peace. You're going to hit that potential that you have. Jesus' peace. God's going to bring the answer. Stop trying to control it. Receive the peace of God. Receive the peace of God. Come on, no anger, no fear, no worry, no bitterness, no blame. Just you and Jesus, the peace of God. Come on. Now with your hands lifted, you're, you're coming into that stillness, laying on that pillow, sleeping in the storm. You're on that cushion right now, the cushion of the grace of God. And you're in complete confidence that God who started a good work in you is going to finish it. You're not panicking. You're just confident. And you're enjoying every day of your life from this day on. No more tormented days. No more worried days. God's going to handle it. God's going to take care of your kids. God's going to take care of your finances. It's not over. It's just beginning. It's just beginning. Don't, you don't have to panic. Don't do anything. Just, just let God speak to you. Now listen, but with your hands are still lifted, just say, I receive the answer. Say, I release my faith. I know you're going to tell me what to do and when to do it. I'm just going to lay here in the boat and wait for the solution. I'm going to wait for a word from heaven. I'm just going to obey. I'm just going to obey. I'm just going to obey now. Thank you, Jesus. All across the, the room, even if you came in and you're not a Christian, just say it with me. Say, Jesus Christ, from this moment on, you are the Lord of my life. You are the Prince of Peace, the mighty God, the everlasting Father. And you're the King of my life. And I trust you. I've learned to trust you. That in every storm, you have a word for me to speak. Come on, if you don't mind, before you just lift your hands. Now just worship him. Let all that go. Don't be stressed. I have to do something. No, you don't. God's going to tell you exactly what and exactly when. Don't worry, be worried. He's not going to speak. He is going to speak. He's going to give you supernatural wisdom. It's going to all be untied with one word from heaven. Just be still. Come on, say it with me. You are good. Come on. Good. Oh, you are good. You are good. Come on. Good. Oh, you are good. You are good, yeah. Good. Come on. Oh, you are good, yeah. Good. Oh, if you don't mind joining hands with somebody next to you, just, just say, you are good. Tell Jesus, yeah. Oh, come on, we're together. Come on. You are good. Jesus has us. Good. Come on, everybody. Oh, you are good. You are good. Yeah. Good. Uh, oh, you are good, Jesus. Good. Now that you've been rehearsing, now begin to speak over that storm. You are good. Come on, tell Jesus. Good. Over your children.
Over your finances, you are good. Over your ministry, good. You are good. Oh, you are good. You are good. You are good. Good. Oh, yes, you are good. And I'm good. Oh, oh, one more time. You are good. Hey, yeah. You are good. Good, good. Come on, over your life, say it again. You are good. You are good. He's going to finish what he started. You are good. Oh, you are good now. Good. You are. Father, in Jesus' name, let the peace of Jesus, the peace that passes all understanding, let the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the favor of God be upon your people. May they walk in peace. May they walk in your light. May every day be a day that they give you glory. Let these lives glorify you When the sun is shining and when the wind is blowing and the storms come, let every day be a day that we give glory to the one who is good. Bless them as they go. Let rejoicing release the answer. Cause them to conquer. Cause them to overcome. In the mighty name of Jesus and everybody said, can you give God a shout? Everybody say yeah. (laughs) Hug somebody in your way up. You are good now.